Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I am Jen Romolini. And we are here for you today, listeners. How are you doing, Jen? Um, I am doing fine. We are just doing us today. I am doing fine. I was just telling you before we started recording that I am totally tipped out of balance, that I am I'm working way too much. And you know, you could just when you work for yourself, or I mean you work for independently, not a job, you could just like work all the time. You yeah. could just, you know, like my kids really into video games right now. So I've just been working whenever they're playing video games. And I realized yesterday when I worked, you know, through the weekend and yesterday, and I was just having that like gross, way too long in front of a screen feeling. Like mm-hmm. I had that feeling of like, oh fuck, I should have taken today off. Like I need to take a day off, you know, anyway, I'm, and I'm going away to a a cabin in the woods this weekend to work on this book. It's just endless. It's just an endless slog, but you have to keep, I've been thinking about practice and exercise a lot, you know, like, cause I started exercising again too. Have you started exercising? Mm. Okay. I started exercising. I was doing it this morning. I was doing like my, my little exercise, like my little workout. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you don't exercise in a long time and you feel like your organs are going to fall out. You You feel like you're going to fall apart. Like you ever have to run and you haven't run in a while. I feel like the whole machine is going to just break down. That's how I was feeling today. I was like, the bottoms of my feet hurt. Um, (laughs) So like you have to do this shit every day. And so I've just been writing every day to keep the muscle going. Like I started a newsletter up again and like, I'm just, but anyway, it's, it's out of balance and it's not the way I want to be at this age. It was okay when I was in my twenties and even thirties, but it does not feel right now to work at that full steam for me. You know, it's interesting. You should bring this up because you know, it's a chance, you know, who knows if it'll happen, but somebody talked to me about a job yesterday that if things worked out, like I would think about taking. Whoa. All right. And, and 
thinking about that, like not having my time to myself anymore. But but the whole idea of like, you know, we're both in pretty fortunate situations because we get to manage our own time. Yes. But that can also be a really tough thing. Yes. And it can be really isolating, disconnecting. You lose perspective. You can really start to feel, I mean, I feel crazy most of the time. That was, so how, so yeah. how do we fix this? I mean, I think you have to become an organized person and build in time. Like if you took that job, you would have to build in time. That was your time. Yep. In a more organized way. In a more organized way. It's true. And I have been feeling a little bit like I want a gig, you know, I mean, I want to keep doing the podcast. I love it, but like, I want a gig. And then I have to really contrast that with the fact that I have like all the freedom I want right now. So it's just something that's been on my mind. But, but the freedom is, it can get gluttonous. It can get really gluttonous and there can be too much of it. And I have, you know, I'm not going to bitch about my situation because I'm really very fortunate, but, um, that feeling of like, oh my God, I just put in an honest, solid day's work. Yes. Yes. Is something that's hard to come across when you're your own manager. Yes. Yes. Like you can make a to-do list for yourself and you can go through it, but you there's something about working more collaboratively and mm-hmm. turning something into somebody else that there's a satisfaction in that. There's a satisfaction in the completion, you know, and also the separateness working for not just yourself. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I think about getting a job all the time. I can't get a job until I finish a couple of projects that I'm, that I'm connected to right now, but that I'm committed to, but I, I think about it all the time. And I think about managing a lot too. I think about helping other people, the role of being a manager, the role of being a mentor, mm-hmm. um, you know, that feeling of giving back, of it not being about you. I loved yep. that part of working. I miss it so much. Service, like teaching people. And- yes. Yeah. Yes. No, having I what you've agree. yeah, having what you've learned actually be of some fucking use instead of just like on your like <laughs> on your keyboard. It's so true. <laughs> That's how I feel half the fucking time. I used to be a really big deal. <laughs> it's not even that, but I used to know some things. No, I've been thinking about and speaking of jobs, I've been thinking about and this is not a perfect analogy, but you know the Amy Schumer last fuckable day thing? Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about like what is the correlation for the last hireable day, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like it's not – it's like super hyperbolic and just for the sake of semantic symmetry. But I've been thinking that when you're in your early 40s, you're kind of perfectly positioned because people younger than you look at you like a big sister and everybody Mm -hmm. kind of wants to hire you late 30s, early 40s. It's like a really big sister time and everyone's like, oh, I want to learn from her. Once you get older than that into your late 40s, early 50s, beyond, people start to look at you like their mom. Mm-hmm. And it's the transition from older sister I want to learn to to mom. Oh, maybe she's not cool. I feel uncomfortable. I'm going to get in trouble around her, et cetera, et cetera. And I do think that that's sort of part of what the ageism that happens with women is that hmm. people who are hiring start looking at us like we're their moms. Yep. And that there's no way we could be current enough. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. That it's um, just, it's impossible that we could be current enough. And I think that part of the reason for that is also because we don't really, as young, young people, young women, particularly, I don't know about what it is like to be a male on this planet, but uh, we don't visualize our lives past a certain point. Like think what do about you mean? it. Well, I don't think, I think when you're young, you have dreams of yourself up to a certain point. And those dreams may involve a, a partner and a marriage. They may involve a young child. They may like, but they don't involve being middle-aged plus with like a tween or no children or, you know, they don't, we don't really aspire to middle age in the same way we aspire to what, you know, many people say is prime adulthood, which is like, I don't know, 20, I think it's like 25 to 42 or something. If, we don't, if the years of 25 to 42 were prime adulthood, then I flunked that. Yeah. I mean, I was just drunk for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that we just don't, we don't see pictures of, we don't think of ourselves. I don't know. This isn't a fully formed thought yet. But I don't think that we have, I don't think we visualize ourselves as this age when we're younger. Well, we certainly don't visualize big things happening for us at this age. Yes, that's, 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 that's a better, that's a better way to say that. I mean, I'm still shocked by my age a little bit. Like I was researching someone who I thought could come on the podcast yesterday and I looked up her age and she was 57. That's mm -hmm. my age. Exactly. Right. But when I read 57, I was like, oh, she's, she's old. Yeah. Not like I don't want her on the podcast. No. Just like, oh, she's old. Right. No. Like, no. Kim, you too are 57. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But also with the, with the relevancy thing, I've been reading a lot about, um, I, I read this really great newsletter that everybody who's old or anybody should read, which is called Dirt. And it's all about sort of the digital landscape of today. And it's about NFTs and it's about, um, I don't know, NFTs. Let's stop there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking metaverse. Stop there. <laughs> exactly. The metaverse, you know, the internet 3.0. And I was reading something about um, that something that's going to be very big in 2020, which is called a DAO. It's a D-A-O and I forget what it stands for and I'm not going to look it up, but it's basically... And it's for all different things, but in terms of media properties, it's every a bunch of people pay into to own this thing together, to own a website together, let's say. And then mm -hmm. editorial decisions are made by committee. Oh my God. This sounds like a fucking nightmare to me. <laughs> like, a nightmare. Like we would all, we would just come up with like what features we would want to run with anybody who had money to put into this thing. I'm sure that's the future. That sounds and, just distasteful enough to be the future. And imagine the edits. Imagine people <laughs> weighing in. Imagine like the asshole who knows nothing about how to create a story or an edit or a headline or anything or a paragraph or a line break, anything. Giving no, you an edit. Like, it would be like, you know, I talked to my daughter about this last night when I got home and it would be a lot of that. My wife tells me that. Totally. Totally. But I was, I was looking at this, like the internet, the internet 3.0 and the NFTs and the metaverse. And there was another thing that was like, GIFs are no longer cool. And I was like, I never knew how to pronounce that anyway. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
<laughs> I never figured out how to like make a GIF work. Like, I don't know where GIF land is. No, no, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently boomers are really into GIFs now, which has made them uncool because Facebook, I guess, bought Jiffly or Gifly or whatever it is. And so now if you're on Facebook, which is just, you know, no offense to anybody who's on Facebook, but it is, there is a weird, like old timey internet thing to Facebook. It is, it is, yeah. a, it can be a hellscape, right? And <laughs> apparently like boomers are just like, you know, throwing gifs at each other, like back and <laughs> forth, like, you know, oh the, the Leonardo DiCaprio, like raising the glass and like, you know. <laughs> And young people are like thumbs down, like don't oh want any God. part of that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, but like also there's stuff I don't want to learn about. NFTs seem so stupid to me. I can't even breathe. Yeah, I can't either. I mean, they've been explained to me. I think I understand. And I'm like, that's it. Yeah. Like that's the thing. No. Did you hear about the people who bought an old copy of the book Dune because it had like some notes in the side or like it was like a Dune journal? I don't know. Anyway, they bought paid $3 million for a copy of a book. Okay. This really happened. Amazing. And the reason they did that was because they thought it meant they owned the IP. No. Yes. I really think this is what I read correctly. They thought they thought they th they thought that it meant they could make movies and they would own the IP of this book. Crazy. It's crazy. It's like if I bought a copy of a of of a book on Amazon and was like, "Yeah, now I can make a movie out of this." <laughs> <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> it's mine. I own it. Um oh my, my last part of this rant is um I I found out that you can buy Nikes, you can buy sneakers, but specifically, I, all I know of is you can buy Nikes for your avatar in the metaverse. So you pay real money for fake shoes to put, put on your fake body in a fake land. I mean, maybe this is the future and we miss, we're going to miss the boat and it's going to be another generation of bedillionaires who yeah. like got in early, but I, I, yeah. I can't I understand. I mean, maybe we should be making fake clothes for the fake metaverse. I don't know. <laughs> maybe we should be having fake conversations. <laughs> exactly. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I should this even, is one. Maybe this is one kind of. I mean, <laughs> my dad is shocked that we're not in the same room. So like. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That was like one time I remember reading that Britney Spears asked, and I don't know how true this is. Mm. It doesn't sound very true. Mm. Asked Pamela Anderson how she ran in slow motion in those running scenes in Baywatch. I mean, I could see that. I could see thinking that, not knowing, not knowing how they did it. You know, <laughs> she was so young to be that public. She was so young. She was so young. And it's so, it is very sad. I'm happy that she's um, free. I know. But she, I know. She, she's been through a lot. We, we, know. We, yeah. we torture our young stars. And we torture them and we torture them, torture them. And she had so many years of her life stolen, just stolen away. It's so sad. It's so sad. Um, so yeah. can we talk about my hair? Yeah, let's talk about, oh, let's talk about hair, please. So look, I don't know if you can see, listeners, we can see each other. You can't really yes. see in this light, but I have like an inch and a half of gray hair now because- my yeah. hairdresser is unvaccinated and I won't go to her to get my roots done. Okay. Okay. And I kind of like it. 
I think it looks great. I didn't even realize that's what it was. But when you got on today, what was the first thing I said to you? Your hair looks that great. I look pretty. Then my you hair look looks pretty. Great. I'm telling you, remember when Joanna Going came on and she was mm. talking about how gray hair is actually softer next to your skin? Mm. Like I can see it just because the gray is sort of haloing around my, I can see that it is much softer. Yeah. And, and I think you're going to have good gray hair. It looks good. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Some people, their gray hair just ends up perfect. Well, it's the white. I mean, I want, I just want the full gray white. Like that's the what, that's, silvery, the white, silvery yeah. white. That's what I want. But I don't have that yet. I have like the weird, like, um, it's not bad. It's just like, it's like, brown. well, I never, I have brown hair and I haven't had brown hair since I was 14. Like I secretly have brown <laughs> hair. So it's like, of course I don't want to go back to like brown and gray. It's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I never knew you had brown hair naturally. You're such a blonde. I know. Well, it's a lie, but. <laughs> it's a lie that do you worked. Do you remember when I was blonde? Were you working at Lucky when I was blonde? I think I came in just at the tail end of the blondes. No, I came in after the whole hair metamorphosis. I came in when you had like, <laughs> when you had short kind of curly hair that you always pulled up. Yep. Yeah. That was after you had gone through the Condé makeover. The Condé makeover. It's so true. Was it true so that there true. was a doctor, a diet doctor they sent con they sent editors to? I will blink once if that is true. <gasps> okay. Okay. We don't talk about it anymore. We don't talk about it anymore. Oh my God. I thought it was. Anyway. Okay. You know what? So I think you should let your hair grow out gray. I think you're ready. I think you've been sort of toying with it enough that you're ready to, and you've been curious about it enough that you're ready to go in that direction. I think. I think I might be. I'm going to I'm going to let it go for a little while. Yeah, see how it looks. I think you look great. I think it looks cool. I think it kind of it, it it's kind of flattering. Yes. Yes. Well, especially dark hair. I think as we get older, the dark is a little harsh against our skin. It's harsh and I have dark brown hair. You do. You do. I have dark brown hair and I think it is harsh. Yeah. And I could spend a fortune on getting highlights, which would also be flattering, but I don't want to spend more time in the salon, especially right now. I know. I know. I know. I have to figure out what I'm going to do because I have to stop dyeing my own hair and I might have to stop dyeing my hair, period. And I have to figure out what I'm going to do because it's damaging my scalp and my and my hair's thinning and there's a whole thing. Um, but um, I've been thinking about hair as well, except in a different way. I have really been having a lot of beard envy. <laughs> That's the craziest thing I've heard today. Okay. Listen, I was looking at my husband the other day and then I was looking at like Ben Affleck and then I was looking at like another man and I was like, fuck man, if I could grow a beard, I would look <laughs> young for like 10 more years. It just covers every problem area. It's just Amazing. like, it's just the best thing. Amazing. <laughs> what a hundred No, you're like a genius. <laughs> Would be a bearded lady if I could. Although I say that and I pulled I plucked a um a hair from up so high a black hair from up so high on my face. It was like I was a wolf. My chin <laughs> hairs are like migrating up like Oh, up. just you wait. Just <laughs> you wait. I have one that grows out of like the, the left side of the center of my forehead. That is not possible. 
This it is, not- is absolutely true. And when I go to my hairdresser who isn't vaccinated, who I haven't gone to lately, she will, I can never find it. Like I always look for it, but it's, it's like transparent. And mm. she just always plucks it right out and shows it to me. It's always like several inches long. Oh my God. No. Well, that's the thing. It's just like, I mean, my sister called me on this a couple of years ago. It's just like when you're talking to somebody and rubbing your face and my sister was like, you're looking for chin hairs. I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's such a dead giveaway. I do it too. I just want to know because because they just pop up on you and you all of a sudden you like look in the mirror and you're like, how's there like a two inch long black hair coming out of the side of my face? <laughs> I think they grow super fast. Yeah. And they grow faster the older you get. It's like one of the few things that gets faster. Yeah, it's weird because I think my nails are growing slower. My hair's definitely growing slower. But my facial hair is just – but not <laughs> enough to be a beard. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Um, what are you watching right now? Well, I, I went back to Yellow Jackets after okay. initially being too terrified of the pilot um, and watched the end of the season. And that is, that was, a, I mean, I know it's all anybody's talking about, so we shouldn't talk about it much, I guess, but what a good show. And Melanie Linsky, what an actress. Like, I didn't realize, do you know what movie she was in? Which one? Heavenly Creatures. She was in Heavenly Creatures with Kate oh, Linsky. I- I didn't realize that. I knew that she was in that Duplass show. She was in another like little indie movie that I really liked. But no, I didn't know that, that she was in that. She, she played the girl who Kate Winslet, you know, has that intense friendship with. And, oh. And um, yeah, but she's just great. And another thing I like about her is on the show, she's, you know, she's not a skinny actress. Mm-mm. She's got a regular body and she... Paul told me he read something about how she actually insisted that her character be not skinny. I I think that's so smart. And I also, I started watching it. I'm so scared. I can only watch one episode a night and because it's mm. really terrifying for me. But so I'm on like episode five um, and I'm just like every, I have to put a pillow over my face, but I want to I watch know. it. I want to watch it. But I was looking at Juliette Lewis and I was like, that's a real fucking face. That is a, it's a real, real face. face. And can I say, I think she looks better now than she did when she was young. She's super, I think so too. She's super sexy. She's exactly my age. She's 48. So she's the oldest of, because I think Melanie Linsky is like 44. Christina Ricci is 41. I think Juliette Lewis is the oldest of them. I might be wrong about that, but on the older side. And, you know, her face is old looking. And like, I I really am into it. And it like- I um I'm like in that thing right now where I haven't had Botox in like, you know, whatever, nine months and like my face is my face and I have to make the decision. Am I re-upping into this again? Am I not going to, you know, and mm-hmm. every time I'm like, it's the same thing with the gray hair. Every time I hate going in for it. I hate spending the money on it. I'm happy after I do it because it's like delayed. I've sort of kicked aging down the road, the can down the road a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's every time before I go in, I'm like, is this the last time? Could this be the last time? Could I just stop now? And I was looking at Juliette Lewis and I was thinking, maybe I would just have that face. That's not bad. No, it's not. And it's it's an option. And you still look extremely young. 
I do in in light, but I I can see it. I mean, I just could see it. I just know that it's it's changing. It's not that big of a deal, but it's it's changing. It's just different. It's different it than it different. was five years ago. It's just a different. It's a different kind of beauty. It's a different kind of sexiness. It's just all really different. And it's like there's this Charlotte Rampling quote that I'm not going to get right in any way, but what she says is that. At around my age, there's a panic that happens. I don't know if I've ever brought this up on the show before, but I'm obsessed with it. That there's a that's a there's a absolute panic as your face starts to go, right? As it starts mm-hmm. to change. Mm-hmm. But if you if you act on that panic, you're gonna regret it because eventually you want to have a face that looks like your age. Like over the hump of this, you don't want to look, you don't want to be in your 60s and look like you're in your 40s. You want to look older because you, you want, want your face to be up to where you are. Yeah. Yeah. I think that also when people start doing tons of things to their faces, then they they don't really look younger. Yeah. They just look like they look like that version of older where you were fighting and fighting and fighting it. Yes. And that's Charlotte Rampling's thing is like ride out the panic. Ride out the panic. Let go of the plane. Let go of the plane. Ride out the panic. Um, Speaking of shows and speaking of middle age, I watched, um, I think it's called Somebody Somewhere with Bridget Everett in it, another middle-aged protagonist. Mm -hmm. Um, It's pretty good. It's okay. The pilot, I've only seen the pilot. It was on this weekend. It's pretty good. Um, It feels like it could have just been like a really good indie movie. You know, and mm-hmm. like 10 years ago, it just would have been like a cool indie movie. It's about her. It's about a woman who moves back to her hometown to take care of an ailing sibling. The sibling dies and now she's just kind of stuck in her life, but she's in her mid 40s, I think. And she becomes like some sort of like local lounge singer. And it's, you know, it's not a bad premise, but it feels like it would have been a very good, um, just a really nice tight 90 minute indie movie which I feel like happens sometimes now. Yeah. Yeah. Everything turns into a streaming series. Everything. Let's take a quick break for some ads. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin, and I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. 
But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hia Sera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry-leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry-leading sustainability standards. You know I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump, and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long, and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess, is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Uh, okay, so you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. I have a few things to announce. Yes. Um, in my capacity as a person who discovers things long after other people do, mm -hmm. um, I recently discovered Coke Zero. Okay. <laughs> I, feel I, recently... like... <laughs> I feel like that's so old that I've forgotten about it. <laughs> <laughs> there was something else too, but I recently discovered Coke Zero. Because I got, I, I tried to go back on a medication I need to take and it was causing me horrible stomach side effects, nausea and discomfort. And I actually thought of you because my stomach was just bugging me so much for a couple of days. And I always want a Coke when that happens. Okay. So Paul went out and got me a Coke and I drank it. And then he was like, oh, that's Coke Zero, by the way. I didn't realize that's what I bought. And I was like, that's the most delicious Coke I've ever had. Wait, better than Mexican Coke? No, no, way. not better than Mexican okay. Coke. No, okay, second best. But what does it have in it? What's or what doesn't it have in it? What's the zero? I know the zero is zero good for you. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that that's the case. But um, but there was something else. What else did I just discover that the rest of the world has discovered long ago? It'll come back to me. Well, you know what? The thing is, I'm not even sure if the zero is so bad for you, but I think that we all were brainwashed by like saccharin being like causing brain cancer in rats. Or was it that? Or was it that if you poured a Diet Pepsi on a car, it would strip off the paint? Do you remember these? <laughs> I do. I do. But see, in my house, Coke was bad for you, but Tab was good for you. Oh. Like we were allowed to have like, you know. We were a completely zero soda house. We were a, a juicy juice, which is probably just as bad in the cans. And you'd like open, you know, remember those cans of juice, big cans? I don't know if you never had this. Mm -mm. So when you had like a big can of something and you'd open, nobody does this anymore. You had to open it on two sides with a can oh, opener yeah, yeah, yeah. so that it would pour out. Oh, yes, of course. Like pineapple juice yes, come that way. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we used to have something called juicy juice, which was just like pure sugar. We might as well have had soda, but who knew back then? 
Oh my God. And remember the, I didn't, we didn't have this in my house, but I always thought it was so cool when people had it, the frozen orange juice that you just oh, put yeah, in a, we had that. oh, I thought that was amazing. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you something about that frozen, that Minute Maid frozen orange juice that came yes. in that can that you kept in the freezer. Yes. I had, I grew up in Houston, which is a very muggy and humid place. Mm-hmm. I have hair like I have. I have like, you know, curly Jewish girl hair, curly, right. frizzy Jewish girl hair, which I hated then. And I still seem to hate. Yeah. Pretty much. But um, on other people, it's fine. But um, my mom used to do something called wrapping my hair. Okay. On like one one night a week, she would take a bunch of dippity doo, okay, like and brush it through my hair, yes, and then wrap it all around my head, and then the little bit of hair that's in the back would get wrapped up in one of those empty Minute made orange juice cans. Oh, I know wow. you were wondering how I was going to incorporate that into the story. No, no, I and was I following. Would, yeah, and I sat. I would sit under the dryer for a couple of hours. Like she had one of those, you know, old head dryer things, mm-hmm. and my hair would be like perfectly straight when it mm-hmm. came out. Wow! Then I'd walk outdoors. I'd walk outdoors, and it would go. So that's froze. the way. That's the way she sort of flat ironed it. Was in a. Ju- that's the way in- she flat ironed it. Wow! Wow! God, so much work. We had- imagine being a dude. Like imagine just like they never had to do. I remember just the combing. My mom was like, our hair had to look perfect. Like I have not taken this on as an adult, but like (laughs) a a really even part down the middle, down sides, braids that were so neat. And like when I went to school, I had to have perfect hair until I had some agency. And then when I had some agency, she was like, we're cutting it all off. It looks like a nest. And then I had the dark (laughs) camel. And then I had like, and I had some short hair with like spikes and a tail. Do you remember tails? Did you have a tail? Yes. (laughs) I never had a tail, but I did have a Dorothy Hamill. Very unfortunate Dorothy Hamill. Really an unfortunate haircut, really, except for, for everyone except... Dorothy Hamill, it was really an unfortunate, it was really an unfortunate hairstyle, I thought, I think. Um, yeah, no, it gave me mushroom head. Yeah, it gave most people mushroom head. It was, it was not good. Um, no. Okay, so you've discovered, you've discovered Coke Zero. I discovered this week, um, and okay, now let me just full disclosure, I was kind of stoned when I discovered this, but I watched The Last <laughs> Duel. Mm -hmm. what's that it's the ben affleck matt damon um uh, and the guy from girls is in it that i'm not thinking adam driver did you not see this like epic it's like ridley scott and it's no okay so it's like this it's this a horrible hilarious it should not be hilarious it's about a rape and it should be incredibly serious and it's like based in like the middle ages or like the crusades times and they build a whole land. It's like, obviously like an incredibly expensive production. And, um, anyway, it came out last year. Like it's up, it's one of like up for Oscars, but it's, it's not going to win anything. I don't think. Right. But Ben Affleck, it plays like this, this like slutty, politician who has like orgies and is just like the most awful man. And he is, he really makes a meal out of this role. And he was very, very enjoyable. And I enjoyed this movie, even though I thought that I was not, I thought that it was going to be horrible. I enjoyed well, it. Some might, some might say that was a role he was born to play. I think, I mean, if yes, rumors are true. Yes. I think that Ben Affleck is, um, is a probably kind of an asshole and, should stop trying to 
play nice guys, is my opinion. He's good at being an asshole. You know what Paul said to me? Paul, Paul, Paul. I think so, Paul. It's all right. He was I, like, you know what? He was like, you know what Brad Pitt is? Brad Pitt is like our finest character actor. Hmm. And he kind of recognized that about himself. You know, uh, like in Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Well, I think he thinks about it a lot. Like I read an interview with Brad Pitt. By the way, Brad Pitt's still hot in my opinion. Still just like impossibly hot. Impossibly hot. Like just did not it just aged and got hotter. It's just crazy to me. And again, and again, it's because he's letting his face do what his face does. He's letting his face and also he can grow a beard. So <laughs> Yeah, he's he's got it all. He's got it all. But no, I mean also his body. I mean, he looks so good in Once Upon a Time in America. But anyway, I read an interview with him. Where when he first got to Hollywood, people were saying to him, you should go into TV, you should go into TV. And he was like, I didn't, I did not want to go into TV. Um, but then what I found was not going into TV and, and staying strictly with, with movies was I got into the lead, the leading man trap where you're only mm-hmm. playing. So he really like very intentionally tried to get himself out of the leading man trap and like hmm. do things like fight club where he's kind of disgusting and just all of the things he's done where he's been, he is really a good character actor and, you know, 12 monkeys. I think that was the first one where he was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be just beefcake anymore. I'm going to be right. weird. Um, but he's also produced a lot of good movies like Brad Pitt. I, I support Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. I do too. Yeah. Brad Pitt, uh, he's on he's on my good list unless I hear otherwise. Yep, yep, I agree. I agree. I think he seems like a decent guy. Yeah, seems like a de- it's like so funny because who knows how these people really are, but they do seem like decent um they they seem like decent people. I had to explain um the Kardashians to my kid the other day, which was <laughs> How did you do that? Mm. I was like, they've made a lot of money by being themselves. <laughs> That's fair. I think they've promoted unrealistic beauty standards. I think they've appropriated a lot of things from other cultures. Um, and, you know, what else are you going to say? I mean, I was following the Kanye West, Kim Kardashian Pete Davidson, (laughs) Julia Fox saga over the weekend. And I was like, why, what am I doing? Like, do I, I do I want to still have a brain? Like, do I? (laughs) I know. That's how I feel when I go on TikTok. Oh, do you go on TikTok? Wait, have you gone on TikTok? I've gone on TikTok. I, 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 sometimes when I'm on Instagram, Mm -hmm. it has the TikTok reels come up. So I've started looking at them and I do feel like my brain is just circling the drain. Yes. It's just like I'm losing, I'm losing intelligence and I have to keep myself from doing it and go play the spelling bee or something. Yes. I really do think I, I can't, I do think there's something about video. It's bad enough to be scrolling just through images, but there's mm-hmm. something about the sort of submersive experience of one video, one short nonsensical video after another that is just just the truest brain rot for me too. And people share shit that I'm amazed they share. Yeah. Like one woman's TikTok was, my husband told me he was leaving me today. That was the whole thing. I mean, I I, mean, I, I, I could handle that more. I mean, look, I think some of them are very funny. I think there's so many creators on TikTok that are doing really brilliant things, but I can't, I can't look at the, 
I'm just pointing to words. Have you seen those? Yes, I'm I've giving, seen the pointing to words. I'm giving and you I've a message. The- <laughs> yes, and then there's another one where they go like, I understood the assignment. That's from some song. I understood the assignment. And then they, you know, show you the assignment they understood. Yes. It, that- it is It is. It is brain rot, and I'm going to pledge right here and now that I'm going to stop watching TikToks. I know. And then, just- yeah, but I want to get on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a TikToker. I do. I You'd do. actually be good at that. Well, the thing is, is like, I, as always, it's that instinct. It's that sort of animal competition to make content. Like once a content maker, always a content maker. Like what could I do on this? But then you have to learn the technology and the video editing and I can't. The whole thing. And I've been thinking too about like having a platform, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and the pluses and minuses of having a platform. Yeah. And like, it's, it's great. I love it. I love this podcast. I love our listeners. I love my blog. Um, But like when we run into trouble or people get pissy with us, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, you know, I can handle criticism. I mean, my, my skin is pretty thick, I think, but, mm-hmm. um, there's a kind of meanness if you have a platform yes. that people feel like they can lob at you. Yes. Yes. But there's also, there's a really, really interesting, um, there's a podcast called offline that John Favreau does the pod save America dude. And, mm-hmm. um, he has a podcast uh, called Offline. It's like another. It's like a different podcast than than the other one that they that they do. Anyway, he has. It comes out on Sundays. And this weekend, he had. I think her name is Chimamanda Adichie, uh, the feminist writer, um, and just the writer. Period. Anyway, they talked a lot about canceling, being canceled, criticism online, our inability to have discussions anymore. Our Mm -hmm. fear, how everything's based on fear, um, Mm -hmm. how bad actors have ruined our ability to have conversation with each other. But anyway, this podcast, I I do recommend it's all about it's all it's called offline and it's all about being online and living in an online world. And, you know, the bad shit that goes on behind the scenes of Facebook, how how we don't know how to have conversation with each other anymore because of how online we are. Like I was reading something about the show Euphoria, which is mm-hmm. that teen show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was saying that in the past teen shows were all sort of based on or at least the plot sort of all surrounded friendship and other people and peers and right. euphoria is all about sort of more of a dissociation and paranoia yeah. and and it's very indicative of our time it is i've watched a few episodes of it it is in its own way as scarier than yellow jackets no like if i had a teenage daughter i just wouldn't watch it but that's zendaya she's just beyond oh beyond beyond no i mean i had we had um one of my kids' friends over this weekend. And before we had them over, Charlotte said, oh, I, you know, we just talk to each other so much better online. I'm really nervous about hanging out. Mm. And I was like, oh God. I was like, well, you're just getting forced together. And then they looked at screens the whole time they were together. You know, I mean, okay. well, I mean, but what else was I going to do? Was I going to make them play a board game? I don't know. Here's Uno. I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> Uno. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but maybe that was actually for for your for your for your kid like a really 
nice experience. Yeah. I mean, no, they have, I mean, this is their best friend and they have, they see their best friend a lot, but they were just saying to me that they can really feel how, how awkward in person is. And I said, look, I, it's so sad, but I said, look, I said, you've been, I said, two years plus of your childhood have, have been stolen by this pandemic. Like, yeah. Of course you feel awkward being around people. You don't even see most people without a mask on. Yeah. You know? Uh, by yep. the way, it, I'm over it. I'm so fucking over it. I'm so over it. I'm 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 done. I'm like I've I've I I can see myself reverting back into my COVID 1.0 behavior. Yes. Like every day I'm like bra or no bra, sweatpants or no sweatpants. You know, it it's it's we went to a funeral last week. Everybody, it was outdoors and everybody was wearing a mask. No. And it was, you know, there were older people there. It made sense. It was fine. But it was, um, it, it's just like enough already. Like I remember at the beginning of this thinking this is going to last so much longer than we think it's going to. But I didn't think it was going to last this long. No. I like, this is just fucking craziness. And I read this morning that it's that the numbers are declining in New York. So maybe that's a good sign nationally. And this could be the end. They're saying that it could be going from a pandemic to something that's endemic. And this could be the end. But I can't fucking take it anymore. I'm devolving as well. And I'm devolving emotionally. Like I'm having that like sick, sweaty feeling of just being inside and that hopelessness mm -hmm. of like, well, I guess I can't, I mean, I could go to the grocery store, but I probably should, if I don't want to get COVID, I probably should order groceries online. And like, even those little interactions with a cashier in the grocery store are meaningful. Yep. We need them. We need them. I felt, I especially felt that when I lived alone especially. I felt it very acutely. And I think it's why so many of us got in touch with so many people yeah. during COVID 1.0. Yeah. Well, and also just the, how it affects our relationships. Like, you know, my husband and I love to go out together. We like to go out to dinner with other people. We like to go see movies. We like to travel. Like, our relationship, I mean, and I'm not so unique, everybody's relationship. And also let me just give the caveat that I know I'm so lucky. No, nobody's sick. Let me give all of those caveats. This is bitching with, from a place of real privilege, but my relationship with my husband is so small right now and so trapped. And mm. in some ways it's like, we're coworkers because we do the same thing. We both write and make podcasts. We're working out of the same space and mm -hmm. It's, I, I really miss him, even though I see him all the time. I miss him in a better capacity than the one we're in. Yep. Yep. I totally get that. I totally get that. I mean, I think it puts a lot of stress on relationships. This, you know, this, this endless time. This endless time. Endless damn time. Endless time. You know, I, um, I was walking the dog yesterday morning and I walked past one of the coffee places in the neighborhood and there were people in there sitting at tables with their masks off, talking to other people. And I was just like, who are you? Or like, I'll be watching a movie and people will be in an airport and I'll be like, why don't, why isn't anyone wearing masks? That's, that's like, a real thing. That's a real thing. Yes. Yes. It is weird. Imagine being a kid and this yep, is all you I can't. know. I can't or imagine being in college and having the first two years of your college life be like robbed, you know, it, it just, 
it, I, I feel, I feel worse for kids than I do for people my age by far, because this is such an important time, especially if you're a teenager to be around your friends. No, you know, your friends are everything at that age. No. And you know, for my kid, it stole the last two years of elementary school, which I think you're just kind of a baby, right? And now yeah. they're in middle school and they didn't have that like soft landing or like soft right. close out. So it's like right. all of these stages of development when we need to be around other people, when just the proximity to other people's skin is important. You know, the energy, yeah. it's how you learn who you are is by community, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. And it, it gets very, I mean, I worked very hard at the beginning on building some community for myself since I was completely alone then. Um, and it helped, but it, 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 it just, it's just time for it to be over and not morph into something worse or just morph into, you know, and it's, it's so, so much division in this country. And that's really depressing to me. Oh, well, yeah. The whole thing of fighting for as, as hard as we did for as long as we did to get Trump out of office to just now be here where we're like, can't do anything. <laughs> I know I it's, know. it's, it's, you know, I mean, not to get into not, I don't want to talk politics cause I don't feel educated enough to talk politics with like real authority, but like it is, there's ambient, there's ambient like bummer. There's just ambient bummer. Bu <laughs> no, the po politics in American right now are ambient bu bummer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No matter where you stand on the spectrum. Yeah. There's just, there's so much. I mean, I was watching that, that show Miss America. Remember mm -hmm. it was yep. about, it had, it was about Gloria Steinem mm -hmm. and Bella Abzug mm -hmm. and all the Betty Friedan, all the, all the feminists in the seventies mm -hmm. trying to get the, um, whatever it was called passed. The ERA. What was it called? What was it called? The Equal ERA. Equal Rights you. Amendment. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In that movie, there was a character who was a Republican who like worked with all of them. Who is it? Phyllis. Elizabeth. Kitt. Elizabeth. No, not Phyllis Schlafly. She was okay. like the bad guy. Okay. And I was like, wow, yeah, Republicans and Republicans and Democrats used to actually, you know, meet in the middle of the aisle. And we're so far away from that now. So, so far away. And that that bums me out a lot. Well, I mean, I understand that there are extremes on both sides, but the extreme of the Republican side is just crazy. It's just, <laughs> it's just fucking nuts. It's like, and it's well, like, yeah. Because it goes, because it skews very conspiracy theory. Oh, it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's just crazy. And like, it's crazy. And then there are like a couple of people who are profiting off of a lot of very fearful, perhaps not so bright people. It's hard. It's hard to parse where the, where it's just people are blinded by fear, or they weren't. They're not that bright. You know who knows. Do you know that a study found that people are more people who are disgusted, easily disgusted by things, are more likely to be conservative Republicans? Interesting. Do you think you're easily disgusted by things? Um, some things. Some things, other things, I think I'm, I'm, I'm not so easily disgusted. Bodily things don't gross me out, but like a lot of things can scare me if I'm watching them on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'm easily disgusted. And I also just think I don't care what other people do. 
Like, I just don't care. You know what I mean? As long as you're not hurting other people, I don't care. Oh, you know what I want to make you do? What? I was reading, um, you did that great interview in Oldster, which is a magazine that our friend Sari Botten started, an online newsletter rather. And um, you had the best paragraph about giving fucks. All the fucks. <laughs> I, want, I want to make you read that because it was really, really inspiring. Oh, God, you're so nice to me. All right, I have to find it. Hold on. That's okay. Um, oh, yeah. And then we have another thing we want to do before we wrap up today. Hold on. I'm going to find this. Okay. This is very nice of you. Um, so Sari Botten does this really cool. If, if you haven't signed up for this and you're over 40, it's called Oldster Magazine. It's a sub stack. And she does a questionnaire for different people. Uh, she sends a, different, a questionnaire to people who are over 40. And I did one. And um, it says, there's one question that says, what do you like about being your age? And I said, there's this idea that the joy of middle age is giving fewer fucks, but that always rings false to me, a kind of badass superman, superwoman posturing that's handing on Instagram and hollow at its core. The truth is I give all the fucks now. My fucks are urgent. I care more deeply about how I show up than I ever did before. The real joy of middle age, if you can get there, is trusting yourself enough to be tender and porous when you can and developing the shrewd sense to know when you can't. I think that was just fantastic. Well, thank you very much. I um, There's the Laurie, it's kind of, it's not ripped off, but Laurie Anderson and Lou Reed had um, three rules to live by that I think about all the time. And they're like, um, get a good bullshit detector. Don't be afraid of anybody. And the third is be really tender. Mm. And I think about that all the time because I, I want to stay open and, and, and open to possibility, open to accountability, open to opportunity. And part of that is being tender and porous and it's painful, but I think you have to. And tender to yourself. And tender to yourself. Yeah which is the hardest one. I heard somebody say somewhere like our reactions to situations are not always the right reaction. They're just the reaction we're most conditioned to have, you know? Yeah. So that like that, it, it's what our brain does. It's what our brain naturally does. Like the Buddhas know how to be, you know, the yogis know how to be happy all the time and reach that. But, you know, re, re, you know, constructing your neural pathways so that you like go to a positive tender place instead of a self-loathing place is challenging but important or a neutral place at least yeah just neutral because this shit's yes. gonna keep getting globbed at you and just staying i mean the grief the sorrow all of the things that are gonna just i mean we know they're coming you know we know that we're gonna have so much grief in this last you know third of life like it's definitely happening it's gonna start happening but just like being neutral and open enough to be like, oh, that's a feeling. I understand that feeling and not mm -hmm. reacting to it in any way, I feel like, you know? I am so far away from that. I know. So, well, I have my good days and my bad. I have my good months and my bad months. That's really what it is. It's not, it's not even day to day. It's like, there's just months, <laughs> there's just months when I'm just like shit out of luck with myself. You, know? <laughs> um, you had a really good idea that I wanted to bring up on the podcast. Um, yes. Okay. Here's our idea. Here's our idea. Um, if you guys 
write a five-star review of Everything is Fine on Apple Podcasts, we will read your review on the air. We will. We will read your review on the air. Um, We want to get more reviews because we want more people to find the podcast. And apparently the algorithm reviews really help people find your podcast. So it's if people don't know how to do this, you just scroll down to the bottom part of the podcast and it says, you know, if you're on Apple Podcasts and it says leave a review and that's where you leave it. It's fairly easy. You could do it from your phone. Um, But if you leave us a five-star review, we're going to start reading them on the podcast each week. Fingers crossed. I can't tell if this is totally <laughs> dorky or not, but we're doing it, guys. So it's it, it it might be slightly dorky, but I think it's also kind of like, you know, one way to, you know, get the listeners um voices in. Yes. Um even if we're only allowing them to say nice things. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. As discussed, we're too sensitive for the other shit. So <laughs> <laughs> just be nice to us. Thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, as discussed, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you want to support the show, you can join our Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash everything is fine. We are on Instagram at EIF Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. You can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. And this is new. I have a, I have a newsletter I'm putting out, I guess. And that is Tiny Letter dot com backslash Jennifer Romolini. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 